Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered ChompaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to another episode of Steelers Stat Geek. This is behind the steel curtain editor Dave Schofield coming at you again. It's Thursday morning. The preseason is over. The 53-man roster is set. No, it's not set. It's it's it started, and the Pittsburgh Steelers are finishing up. They this is their first day off of four days off in a row from practice before they come back. And they begin their preparation for week one against the Buffalo Bills. This is exciting. This is what we've been waiting for. We, I, I, I know for the longest time, I could not wait until the Steelers just played in the Hall of Fame game just to get them back on the field. Now, it's done. The other three preseason games are done. And it's time. It's time to get ready for the regular season. I mean, it, it, I almost don't feel ready. But part of that is, I have to be honest. I'm I'm kind of exhausted right now um with <laughs> with the Pittsburgh Steelers not them just man I understand now what Jeff Hartman means then for those of you listening you know that are out here driving to put up with me today when you're really just wanting to hear Jeff for for let's ride for those of you that are part of the live or live <laughs> boy I really messed that one up ride or die crew um that just kind of put up with having to listen to stat geek when you can't have Jeff. I understand. But anyway, Jeff, Jeff says, Oh, he can't stand cut down day. And I'm like, why? It's, it's exciting. It's great. 
I get it, man. It's exhausting. I'm tired. I'm tired of having the focus on so much stuff with, with everything with the Steelers. I'm waiting for this. I'm waiting for that. I'm, I'm, I'm looking for all these news. I mean, Wednesday itself, I thought all oh, Tuesday it's, it's done. Wednesday will be good. And, I, and I'm thinking about things. And then the more I think about it, oh, wow, there's a lot going on. Like, for example, I had six articles at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Six articles. The last five articles of the day were all by me on the website on Wednesday. And you're like, whoa. I'm like, yeah, we had news stories. And Jeff did the first breaking news story. I did all. I, then I started covering some other stuff. Um, I got some articles ready to go, everything else. One of the articles that's in there, I got to make sure I plug this. It's our contest. It's our survivor contest. The third annual BTSC survivor pool contest. Every year it's been for a football signed by a current member of the Pittsburgh Steelers. This year it's Joe Hayden, a Joe Hayden signed football could be yours. You've just got to go sign up for it. Um, you go to Yahoo. We are already into our second league. Um, I mean, I, I gave the number and everything on the Scobro show to let people get a get a jump start on it on the podcast side. The article is on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. It's there. All you got to do is go look for it. And we're already, you know, we can only have 100 members per league. So we're already into the second one. We hit 100 on the first. I mean, the article published at 1230 Eastern, and I had to update it before 8 p.m. So we're ready Anyone can enter. You're just not allowed to enter more than once, even though we have multiple leagues. If I find that you did, yeah, you're going to be disqualified. The only person that's allowed to do that is me because I have to set up each league. So therefore, technically, I disqualify myself by the end because I'm the one holding on to this football right now, and I'm not going to keep it. I'm going to give it to whoever's out there. But plus, I'm not that – well, I, I did all right last year, but I'm, I'm going to get knocked out. It, it, it's not – it's funny. It's It's hard – to do this survivor football, but the whole premise of it's easy. If you don't know what I'm talking about, it's very simple. This is our contest. All you have to do is sign up with a Yahoo ID. It's through Yahoo fantasy sports. You pick one game in week one, you pick a winner, one winner of one game. If that team wins that game, you go on to week two, you pick a winner. If that team wins that game, you go on to week three. <laughs> the only thing is it can't be a tie. It has to be a win. That's one. And two, once you pick a team to win, you can't pick them again. So if you pick the Steelers to beat the Bills in week one, and then you move on to week two, you can't pick the Steelers to beat the Raiders because you already picked them. So sometimes you have to look ahead there a little bit. So make sure you're checking out, getting in on that contest. Uh, but back to what I say, there was so much stuff that I ended up covering for the website. So I'm a little bit drained and I'm like, oh man, I, I, I just need to, I just need to recover a little bit. You know what? This is good. This is good to feel like uh, we're having a conversation here, even though I'm the only one talking <laughs> that this is, this is actually quite therapeutic for me because man, first I had to write um, an article about. Quincy Roche getting claimed off waivers by the New York Giants. Okay. Made me want to throw up on my mouth a little bit because even though I picked Roche to not make the 53 man roster in my last prediction, it just seemed like that, you know, um, Jameer Jones had outperformed and I was just afraid they were really going to keep four. And that's all they did. 
But then they made some moves that I didn't I, I didn't get why they didn't keep Roche. I don't understand why they stuck with UG3 and, and, ta- and had six inside linebackers while they did that with with uh with Roche and and exposed him to waivers and now and now he's gone. I also think that's why the Steelers only had 15 players on their practice squad after Wednesday. I mean by the time you're listening to this I mean, they might have added another one, but the reason I think they only announced 15 is cuz I bet you that last spot was for Quincy Roche and when he was claimed they had to say okay, we're going to have to find somebody else. So so that's why. So that was that was some of the news that was going on there. Um, then of course we had some, some rumors going on with the practice squad. So I'm like, Oh, time to run a tracker, keep keeping up to date on these. So, but, and that is kind of exhausting doing these trackers. They're very, it's like, Oh, well, you didn't write much for the article. That's true. But I, I really had, you have to stay on top of things and know what's going on and get it out there as fast as you can for everybody. So that was another thing. Then we actually had the announcement of the practice squad. Then I already had an article that I started to, to, to get ready because I knew it was coming. I It was basically for my first article of the day where I talked about there's four candidates that the Steelers could actually put on IR 24 hours after they made the 53-man roster. And two of them I thought were, were pretty certain. Um, and those were Stefan Tuitt. We pretty much knew that was going to happen. One, because they kept eight defensive linemen. I'm like, you know what? They let one of the offensive linemen go, had one less there. Then they'll move to it to IR and bring back one of the linemen, which they did. Then I said, there's also the possibility Zach Banner's not going to be ready. That happened as well. So Zach Banner's on the IR. They brought back another offensive lineman. So both BJ Finney, Rashad Coward came back. Then my other two possibilities was it could be Marcus Allen because they kept an extra inside linebacker, and it could be Anthony McFarland because he didn't make the trip to Carolina. So it was McFarland, and surprisingly, I thought, well, maybe they'll keep another running back. But when I saw the practice squad, I knew that it wasn't going to be that because I assumed it would be Trey Edmonds. But um, they they went with another player I thought they might bring back, and that was Arthur Millette. He was one that I thought, well, maybe that's who they could bring back if they if Marcus Allen was on the IR. Well, it wasn't Marcus Allen, but that's who they brought back. So all of those made sense. And the reason that those players were brought back, and they're like, well, why did they cut them and bring them back? Well, the best players to cut and bring back are ones that don't have to go through waivers. So it's not that another team just gets dibs on them, that they get to choose where they would go. And two, these are guys on minimum contracts. So it's not like you're like going to cut them and then you have to redo their deals. You're just going to give them the same deal back that they had and all, all was fair in love and war when that when it's all said and done. And that's why it was BJ Finney, Rashad Coward, Arthur Millette. They all fit that mold of a player that you would release to bring back. It, it's just kind of the right way to do it because you didn't want to you didn't want to do one of the one of the other defensive linemen you didn't want to do like Bugs or Mondo or or Carlos Davis because they would have been exposed to waivers so the Steelers handled that pretty wisely with how they did the IR situation and there were some people like well maybe they'll bring back Quincy Roche I'm like if they're going to bring it back they wouldn't have exposed them to waivers in the first place they would have kept him and done somebody else so it's kind of a little bit disappointing there um very reminiscent of Tuzar Skipper. But uh, that's what was going on with the Steelers. Just kind of give you a little bit of a rundown before we dive into some numbers here today. 
So yeah, that was a little bit, a little bit interesting of, of how everything went out. So it's been an exhausting couple days and you know what? We're probably going to go ahead and take our break early and then really get into the topic we're going to talk to here after I gave the big rundown of everything going on. But before we do, there's something else that I do want to say. And that is today is September 2nd. Yesterday, Wednesday, September 1st, it was actually my three-year anniversary with Behind the Steel Curtain. It was the three-year anniversary of the day my first article was published. And that was, so that was in, that was September 1st, 2018. The article was predicting what positions the Steelers were going to keep on the 53-man roster and how it was going to break down. And um, that was the first article that I ever did for Behind the Steel Curtain, came in as a volunteer, started doing it. Here I am three years later. um, This is basically my second season as the editor coming up. Um, you know, last year it was Jeff and I, we were, he called us co-editors, but Jeff is the one, um, I look to him for, for more stuff. He, he is definitely the senior editor. Um, and that's kind of the, 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 the work relationship that we have. And then the year before that, I was the deputy editor. So I, I was able to move up through there, but I went back and was doing a search and I, it was like, it was like before Wednesday, it was like 20. 2,250 articles that I had published in three years. So I'm just like, man, that's crazy. That's more than two a day. But then when you look at days like Wednesday, when there's six of them, it's, it's, it's kind of crazy um, how it works out, but love my time with behind the steel curtain, love being able to do podcasts, write articles. I mean, I, here I am complaining about being exhausted, but I'm getting to live and breathe Pittsburgh Steelers. And I mean, it's fantastic. I love it. It's just, I'm so glad that, uh, that I could share this time with you. So I'm going to go ahead. We're going to go ahead and get our quick commercial break in now because when we come back, we're going to talk about the offensive line, specifically the, I'm going to say 10 players that the Steelers have because we're going to include Zach Banner because hopefully he'll be back um, within, within a few weeks. And then, and just kind of look at, you know, what's the best combinations of stuff that, that we could be looking at. So stick around and we'll be right back. When my phone rings, you found someone new. It's no surprise how life Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome back, Pittsburgh Steeler fans. Hope you enjoyed some of that Jerry Cherry Band music that we had going in and out of the break there. And I am ready to talk offensive line. I know it's the title of the show. I know I didn't get into it in the first part, but uh, a lot going on, a lot going on um, with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And you know what? I, I'm still not convinced that these 
53 players are going to be the same 53 on the roster um, when September 12th rolls around. But we'll see. We'll see. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a look at the offensive line. We're going to include Zach Banner in this, even though he's on the injured reserve. Now, when I wrote the article uh, Wednesday morning, I said about the, you know, the player that they have three weeks until they can return to practice. I was getting conflicting reports every time I tried to look it up. Everything, a lot of stuff was saying, oh, yeah, players on IR for three weeks, three weeks. Then I find some places that said three games. So I think it's three weeks when you, assuming there's a game every week, because I was like, this is great if, you know, teams kind of have this bye week to start the season by not having that fourth preseason game. If guys can go on the IR sooner and, you know, and they're on there for 21 days, that means they would only have to miss two games. But I'm, but I think they do this because they don't want the whole idea of how teams could take advantage of the bye week that they do have it be with, with games. So um, even though I had that out there before that I'm, I'm fairly certain that that's the correct way to do it. But Regardless, Zach Banner is not going to going to be available to start, but we do want to remember him in the equation as the season goes on, because I have a feeling that the that there's might be multiple changes on this offensive line from when it starts out the season and by the time they're finishing up, and that's assuming that there aren't any other injuries. I'm just saying that it, it, we might be finding what would what would be best. So let's take a look here. Position by position. Now, what we're going to do is this. We're looking at PFF scores to kind of help us establish this a little bit with some numbers. Now, I'm going to say it like I always say it. You can decide whether or not PFF scores really work or for you or not. They give you some data, like I say, and I, you know how I love data. So therefore, do they really work? Is this going to really give us the best feel for who would be the best combination for offensive line? We'll see. We'll see what the numbers say, because I'm also going to go ahead and give you kind of what I feel like the eye test is and everything else. So this is based on mostly, and I'm going to say mostly, based off the preseason. Now, the reason I say mostly is I'm throwing one other thing into the equation, and that is the possibility of Chooks Accord for a right tackle. It makes sense. The Steelers did it at practice on Monday. I don't know if they did it since then because we haven't get, been getting reports of that nature now that we're into the season. But if a core of four is possibly getting some snaps at right tackle, that's where he played all last season. After Zach Banner got hurt, four, a core of four came in week one. He had to play in over a thousand snaps there. So I'm also going to throw in stuff with him at right tackle, even though we didn't see him there in the preseason. So just wanted to go ahead and warn, warn you about that, that anything that goes on with that is going to be based on last year. Everything else is kind of based off the preseason. So I went by, I, I, I looked at the 10 players that the Steelers have on the offensive line, including Zach Banner, and their breakdown of snaps in the, in the preseason, what position they played, and how they scored, and how I thought they did at those positions. So let's go ahead and start. Let's look at left tackle. Okay, the, the player... That Of course, you're like, oh, not all these snaps add up. That's because there are other players that didn't make the team that are on the practice squad or, or, or on the street now that, uh, that, that had some snaps in there that we're just not going to include them. We're only including the, the players that are on the roster. But the player that got the most snaps at left tackle was Chooks Okorafor, and his PFF score was a 44.2. 
it wasn't it wasn't good. Now, one if you want to take anything away from it, it did get better as the season went on, or as the sorry as the preseason went on. I guess I should say. So when you look at the at at that at this preseason scores game by game, it was a well he didn't play in the Hall of Fame game, but it was a forty two point six, a forty four point four, and then it was a sixty three point four. So it was much better. Um, in the last game when he was actually going up against some better competition. But I, I'm not going to make excuses for that. I'm just going to tell you that was the numbers for Okora for at left tackle. Then you had Dan Moore Jr. who had 69 snaps at left tackle. And they were in two games. All right. So the you have to understand, he played in four games. He The first two games of the preseason, he played at left tackle. And the last two games, he played at right tackle. So at left tackle in those 69 snaps, the scores of those two games were 60, or sorry, let me say that again, 73.7 and 80.8. That was, that was his scores. So I, I kind of, I didn't want to just average them because I wanted to take into account how much, how many snaps were played. For example, um, Dan Moore Jr.'s 80.0 that he had um, in, in against the Eagles in preseason week one, he played a lot more snaps. So what I did is I took the sto- score times the number of snaps for uh, that they played at a position for, for any players that played more than one position. Um, I took, you know, I took their game score times the number of snaps, added all those up, then divided by the total number of snaps to give an, um, a weighted average, if you know what I mean. So his his overall score at left tackle ended up being a 77.8, which was which was pretty solid. And then Joe Haig, he kind of did the same thing in reverse. He uh he played the first two games at right tackle and the last two games at left tackle. So in his scores, his individual scores were 60.9 and 60.1. So they're pretty close. So when I did the weighted average, um, his 42 snaps at left tackle averaged out to a 60.4 score. So if you look at left tackle, Dan Moore had the best score by a lot. Then it was Joe Haig, and then it was Chooks and Corfor. So that's that's what we're looking at there. If you look at right tackle, you've got Zach Banner's 12 snaps where he scored a 73.1. You know, that, that, that's all right. Then you've got Moore and Haig in there again. Now, Dan Moore Jr. did not do as well at right tackle. His, his score um, in the first game he played at right tackle with 47 snaps was 61.2. And then against Carolina, only 22 snaps. It was a 38.0. It was, it was not good. He really struggled in that game. But if you do the weighted average, it comes out to a 53.8. Um, a 53.8 was what he is at right tackle. Um, Joe Hegg, when you do his weighted scores of an 82.0 and a 74.6, uh, yeah, that's that's right. He was way better at right tackle, and his weighted score was a 77.8, which is funny that his weighted average was actually the exact same as Dan Moore's was at left tackle. So um, you could see that which that if those two players would be playing, it would be, it would be obvious where to put which one of them. Now to throw it in there, like I said, I wanted to also mention Chooks for and his score from last year at right tackle. It was still only a 57.5 um, on 1,033 snaps. So that is what it is. And, but I'm just putting the number out there. So if you're looking at that, your top right tackle score actually goes Joe Haig, then Zach Banner, 
then Chuk Shakur four, and then Dan Moore is, is how it really all plays out. So this is starting to get a little bit interesting. So, so far we're looking at that with, you know, PFF wise, we'd be looking more at a, at a Dan Moore jr. At left tackle and a Joe Haggett right tackle. I'm going to tell you this though. This doesn't take into account, you know, the quality of the opponent um, week in and week out. Also, which, string, you know, you play, you want to get the first string, second string, third string, you know, the quality of the player across from them of what they're having to do. So those are other factors that we just, that they're just there. We had to identify that they are an, a factor, although we can't really um, compensate for them. Uh, let's move to guard. This one left guard was, well, that's pretty simple because um, the, the way it worked there actually I just realized something that um, I'm still that that I did um, BJ Finney and Rashad Coward at right guard, but I actually kind of just messed this up a little bit. And I oh nope, I didn't mess it up. I'm sorry. I realized why I didn't mess it up. I'm like, why don't I have a weighted average for them written down? I just looked back at it and I'm like, oh duh, come on, Stat Geek, you're better than this. And that's because they only played in their one game. For example. Well, let's start with the top. Let's start with Kevin Dotson and his 120 snaps at left guard. He played left guard in three games, 91.9. That's his grade, okay? We don't need to go on about that. We pretty much know that that that's, that's Kevin Dotson. And all his snaps were at left guard. B.J. Finney played 24 snaps. They were all in the Hall of Fame game. He played left guard. Then he played right guard the other three games, okay? So... B.J. Finney at left guard had a, had a score of 71.9. And then Rashad Coward, he played left guard only in week one against the Eagles. And the other three, he played right guard. Um, he played 15 snaps at left guard, and he had a score of 59.4. So obviously with that one, Kevin Dotson's the guy. We don't even need to talk about that anymore. Um, and And believe it or not, um, well, especially because, you know, Rashad Coward, he actually scored better at right guard anyway. But we're, let's go on to right guard. We know left guard. That's 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 Kevin Dotson. I know they tried to make it seem like it might not be. They wanted to motivate him. Kevin Dotson's the guy there. End of story. Right guard, Trey Turner. He played 45 snaps, all at right guard, 55.1 score. That's what he had. B.J. Finney. Played there 84 snaps in three games. He had scores of 79.9, 59.7, and 55.2 for a weighted average of 70.1. And then you have Rashad Coward, who had scores of 66.8, 62.6, and 75.1. And he had a weighted score of 67.1. So I'm going to say this, and then I'm going to say something else about it. If you look at the players and based on their scores, your top right guard was B.J. Finney at 70.1. Then it was Rashad Coward at 67.1. And then it was Trey Turner at 55.1. Here's the thing. I still think Turner's the guy. He just you know, needed more practice time, more acclimation. But he's got to get it done the regular season. If he struggles, I think the Steelers need to have these other options. Now, even though B.J. Finney has the higher weighted average, I'm actually going to give the advantage here to Rashad Coward at right guard. And you're probably like, Dave, Dave, why, why are you doing that? Okay. Finney went 
59.7 and 55.2. His scores at right guard were trending in the wrong direction. When Coward went 66-8, 62-6, you know, a little bit lower, but but close. And then 75-1. He was trending in the right direction. So to me, Rashad Coward was, he has an ascending 67.1, while BJ Finney had a descending 70.1. I hope that makes sense. So those are the numbers, but I, I just kind of wanted to give them to you. Um, then real quick to go to center, because I have some other numbers I want to go over with you as well, with everybody as a whole. Um, Kendrick Green, he had 128 snaps, and he had a score of of 60, 67.3. Am I reading that correct, or did I get these guys backwards? Um, no, I, I had the scores written down backwards. It was J.C. Hassenauer that had the 67.3. I, I knew this wasn't quite, quite right. And Kendrick Green, with his snaps, because um, it was Hassenauer that had the 128 snaps, and then Kendrick Green, with his 108 snaps, he had a 62.8. So just to make sure we had that right, it was J.C. Hassenauer, 128 snaps at center, 67.3, and Kendrick Green, 108 snaps at center, 62.8. Now, you're saying, okay, so is Hassenauer better? Here's what here's what you got to remember with this one. Kendrick Green started all these games. So he was getting the more difficult matchups. They're, their numbers aren't that much off. And Kendrick Green is a rookie, so he should be a player that's on the rise. Where I don't know that J.C. Hassenauer has can have quite a steep ascension as what Kendrick Green could possibly could is capable of having as uh, as an NFL rookie. So those are the scores. So if you really want to go strictly by the numbers of PFF scores from the preseason, then your starting five offensive linemen would be left tackle Dan Moore right tackle uh, Joe Haig, left guard Kevin Dotson, right guard B.J. Finney, technically, and center J.C. Hassenauer. That is not your starting offensive line for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And this kind of goes to show you how these numbers aren't perfect. Because to me, I think right now, without Zach Banner in the picture, I think if you're going to have to play Dan Moore, you're playing him at left tackle. He's a better option there than Joe Haig is there, um, and he's a better. And if and if and if you're and if you're saying, hey, we're still going to play Chooks, then then Dan Moore is much better at left tackle than he was at right because believe it or not, Chooks a core four score. Chooks a core fours score. Wow, say that one ten times fast. Was actually from 2020 was actually slightly higher than Dan Moore Jr.'s PFF score in the preseason when looking strictly at right tackle. So therefore, I think that I think week one your best lineup is going to be more a core of four with a little asterisk there that if he struggles, don't 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 hesitate to 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 see what Joe Haig um, what he could do in the regular season um, if it's going to be a problem. Um, then it's Kevin Dodson at left guard. I'm still going with Trey Turner at right guard to, to, to get a bigger sample size. You need a little bit more than the 45 snaps that he got in the preseason to, to see what he has there. And then, of course, I'm going with Kendrick Green just because the two centers are close. Green played against better competition, and I think he has more potential. He has a higher ceiling. We'll just say, say it that way. One other thing I did with with these linemen 
was I, I looked at their overall scores on the for, just for the preseason, and I didn't look based on right guard, left guard, or whatever, although I, I will give you an interesting one with one of them. And I wanted to see where were they scoring higher? Were they scoring higher in run blocking or in pass blocking? So are they more of a run blocking lineman or a pass blocking lineman? So I, what I did was I wanted to see which which side of the spectrum they ended up on and by how much. What was the difference between their scores? So I'm not even going to look at what their individual scores are, except I might throw out a few of them just so you have an idea. But I have of the Steelers' ten linemen, I have four of them that are more about, that are better at run blocking, and six of them that ranked better at pass blocking. Um, the run blockers were Kevin Dotson at plus 12.3, Joe Hag at plus 27.3, Dan Moore at plus 11.8, and Kendrick Green at plus 20.7. So if you look at it, Hag and Green are more of your run blockers um, out of everyone. Kevin Dotson, like I said, it was, it was the difference with 12.3. He had good scores in both. I mean, bottom line is that was it. He had good scores in both. I mean, he had a 90.2 run blocking, which was great. And his pass blocking was, I mean, the only guys that, that ranked higher than him pass blocking was, well, shockingly, Zach Banner, J.C. Hassenauer, and B.J. Finney. You know, it, he was still, other guys that were considered more pass blockers still didn't even have as good of a score um, as Dotson. I was just comparing him to run versus pass. So your your more pass blockers are, believe it or not, the highest score of these was, well, you know, difference-wise was J.C. Hassenauer. He was plus 22.6, uh, more of a pass blocker than a run blocker. Then it was B.J. Finney at plus 20.9. And then it was Trey Turner at plus 16.2. After that, it went to Chuksakora 4 at plus 13.7. Zach Banner at plus 9.7 because he actually scored higher pass blocking than run blocking, but it was only 12 snaps. And then Rashad Coward, he was only had a difference of, of plus 6.3. He's actually one of the more balanced between the two out of everyone. I would say it's Coward and Dotson that are more balanced between run blocking, run blocking and pass blocking than anybody else. So there's a breakdown of the offensive line. There's some numbers to go with it. Maybe see what these combinations are. We don't know for sure what the Steelers are going to do. They haven't definitely announced anything, but... The most obvious one, hands down, is Kevin Dotson at, at left guard. I really like the combo of Dotson and Moore on the left side. If Moore's, if someone other than Zach Banner is going to be starting, because obviously he can't, you're going to have to, if you're looking at those three tackles, I, I kind of like seeing if Dan Moore's going to get the call, it needs to be at left tackle just because he's he's done so much better there. Chooks core four. I thought he would, I thought moving to the left side, he would thrive more. I, I honestly thought said, Hey, he's got, he's got a big chance to show a big improvement this year. Tell you what though, we did not see it in the preseason. We didn't see it at all in the preseason, had a worse score in the preseason than what he had in the regular season last year. So that is, that is concerning. That really is concerning. And um, like I said, you might be listening to this, and for all we know, the Steelers have made a move by the time you're listening to this podcast. So that's just kind of how it goes. But um, the line is a big question mark. It really is. You, you can't deny it, that you're like, oh, no, is Ben going to be running for his life? Oh, no, is Najee Harris not going to be able to do anything? Is he going to be getting, it, getting hit in the backfield by three guys? That's what they got to work out and be ready for week one.
week one against the Buffalo Bills. So we'll we'll see how it ultimately works out for him. But hey, thank you so much for tuning in today. Make sure you're checking out all the Behind the Steel Curtain podcasts. I mean, we've got the morning shows. My This show on Thursdays, Live Mike on Tuesdays, Let's Ride on Monday, Wednesday, Fridays. You've got the new noontime shows like Jeffrey Benedict's Cutting Room Floor. You've got Natty P's War Room. You've got the Power Half Hour from with the Ohioans. You've got the, what Yin's talking about, which I, I still say it. I can't describe the show. I can't. I said it was different before. That's not different bad. It's just, I'm afraid if I try to explain the show to you, nothing, my words cannot give it justice. You just need to check it out. And then we also have the Fantasy Football Fix um, as the other noontime show. And then we have our our YouTube shows that um, also come out in audio form that we have in the evenings. Um, The same rundown that we've always had with the, you know, Hangover Monday, Scobro Tuesday, um, it was Curtain Call. Now it's Know Your Enemy Wednesdays, Preview Thursdays, Six Pack with Tony Fridays, Saturdays is Aussies Down Under, and Sundays, I think this Sunday is going to be your probably your last Tales from 2 a.m. for a long time because then we will have the Steelers postgame show because we'll be getting into the regular season. Can't wait for it. So once again, thanks for bearing with me through these numbers. And as I always say, thanks for kicking out with me. Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.